the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab number 82 for December 11th, 2006. Welcome back to the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab. I'm Dave. I'm here with John. Hi, John. You're back. I am back. It was awesome being away. I'll tell you, man, being unplugged from yeah, the grid. Yeah, it was. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> being unplugged from the grid like that for a week was, uh, it was great. I, I didn't have any problems. You know, I didn't walk past the internet cafes on the boat and, and, uh, and, and shake or anything. It was, it was great. For those of you who uh, don't know, I spent last week on a Disney cruise with my family aboard the wonderful Disney Magic. And uh, I'll probably write something up on my blog about it uh, so as not to take up valuable podcast time, just uh, waxing poetic about our, our adventures last week. But suffice yeah. to say, I highly recommend it for everyone. So. Cool. So you were in, a, as they call it, meat space. Meat space. Oh, you never read uh, Gibson? Why? Well, yeah. Which? Which? Yeah. That sounds familiar. It wasn't one of his. Right. Yeah. Neuromancer or something. Like yeah. That. Basically, yeah. yeah. The, the the land of the living. Right. Right. I was in the, the land Matrix. of the living. Right. Oh, meat space. Yes. Yes. Now I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know. It, it, Anyways, uh, we're not going to talk about meat, but, though. But I will. I, I will mention something that was interesting. I, I I kept a journal while I was on the cruise, just things that that happened and stuff, and I realized that I totally forgot how to write in cursive. I, I, I went to do it. I was writing in print and thought, well, this would be easier if I just wrote in cursive. And it was like, you know, my brain just, just went on, on hiatus. I, like, I, I, I don't know how to do this. It took me probably three or four days to, to really kind of get it down. I still can't remember how to do Ks, but uh, other, otherwise. What's this writing you speak of? I, well, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, I just don't do a lot of that anymore. Did you have your trio with you? Uh, it was, I did, I turned off the phone, I charged it at home, uh, I turned off the radio on it once we got to where we needed to be, I left it in the drawer, I had our, our cruise schedule was on it, so I just checked it every day to see what, you know, what we'd had scheduled for ourselves or whatever, and, um, and, and then I got home, I didn't have to charge it the whole time because the radio was off, actually, I, on the plane on the way home, before we got on the plane, I let it download 420 emails, <laughs> Yeah. And then I triaged them all uh, on the uh, on the plane, you know, yeah. filed them into into various things so that this morning when I got to my desk, I had like no email in my inbox and then just needed to to manage, you know, the, the stuff that was in the various action folders and stuff. So it, uh, it actually worked out okay. very, very well. So, But enough of that. We got people with problems. We do have people with problems. And, you know, uh, that's what this show is going to be about is just all your feedback and, and your questions and that sort of thing. Justin has... Uh, he he has about three minutes of uh, of great stuff, so we're just going to let Justin take it away here, and then we'll uh, we'll address each of his questions in order, uh, and hopefully completely. But if not, of course, you know what to do. Hey Dave, hey John, this is Justin from New South Wales in Australia. I have a couple of questions regarding the new iMac 24-inch machine, which I found to be just great for what I'm doing, which is mostly Java development, Final Cut Pro, and GarageBand, plus a bit of 3D rendering. Firstly to GarageBand, when I have my band over to jam, we of course like to record our sessions, both for posterity and for those times when a riff emerges that we'd like to remember later. My Mac's in my office and we jam in the room next door. 
Is there any way that you know of to control GarageBand with the Apple remote? It'd be really cool to, between songs to simply point the remote at the Mac and tell it to pause recording, undo, rewind, resume recording and so forth. I've tried it of course but it doesn't even play pause which I must admit surprised me a little. Perhaps there's a nice hack to intercept the signal and divert it to GarageBand. Secondly, to the screen in the iMac. I have a friend who wondered what the brightness and contrast ratio in its display were, but I can't find the specs on this. Perhaps I just need to look a bit harder. Finally, I also have a quick Yojimbo.Mac question. I too am enjoying Yojimbo, but I'm having a weird problem when it comes to sync it with my .Mac account. I should mention that I'm just checking out both Yojimbo and .Mac at the moment, so they're both in demo mode. I'm sure that's not a problem though. I'm trying to sync with a PowerBook G4. It's running 10.4.8, as is my iMac. Here's the problem, the sync simply doesn't occur. I'm pretty sure it has something to do with the fact that on my iMac, in the .Mac sync pane, it's listed as Yojimbo items, whereas on the PowerBook it's listed as data, which looks like a Java package or some such. Weird. I've installed the same version of Yojimbo on both machines. Hopefully you can help. Thanks for a great podcast, guys. I recently returned to the Mac Fold after a few years in the PC wilderness. I too am a member of that most unfortunate club. My old PowerPC 3400 came crashing to the ground due to its attached power supply being in my pocket as I turned to leave. I'm afraid to say that caffeine was involved. Never mind. Thanks and bye for now. <laughs> okay. I didn't know Australia came with a soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> that's why everybody there is so cool. That's right. That's right. Um, okay. Okay. Boy. So let's uh, let's start at the beginning here. And that was actually only about two minutes. There's another minute and a half of that comment there, and I can't remember what it was there, but I'm 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 happy with with what we got. So so the remote. I remember that remote when we got the uh, iMac to yeah, review. Yeah, and I've got one with my with my MacBook Pro. And I got to tell you, when I right. I, I did a, uh, a a presentation at UNH uh, a couple of University of New Hampshire a couple of weeks ago, I spoke for. Mm-hmm. Uh, class of undergrads about running an internet business and so i did a, a little keynote thing to kind of guide me along and i could use the remote for it and it was killer really cool to be able to do that and not have to be tied to the podium but uh he's right the, the remote does not work with GarageBand, at least not out of the box i did a little bit of searching and there's something called and of course now i can't remember the name remote buddy that's it uh that should do this it appears to i have not tested it but uh we'll put a link in the show notes to remote buddy there was also a story at 123macmini.com which we will also link to that lists other apps like remote buddy that will add functionality and enhance the the way that the uh that the the built-in remote uh functions so yes that that's there you don't you have a, a keyspan remote is that right john yeah, and you know, the thing is, I noticed when we first had the iMac, I, I thought, now, so you're telling me the Apple robot works in a Keynote. It, it totally works in Keynote. It's okay, awesome. Okay, so it sounds like yeah. the, the applications are probably, and not surprisingly, uh, Apple applications. Mm. But yeah, I have a, I have a Keyspan, and Keyspan's actually, uh, they've been making very nice remotes for uh, quite a while, and, I, and the, the one that I do have right now, it's called their Key, Keyspan Express remote. Okay. Um, and I think we have a question a little later that'll that'll tie right into that product. Okay. But it's essentially a, a remote, very like the Apple. Though I, I I think the differentiator is well, one you got to plug it in to the right. USB port. Right. And number two, you have to have a profile. It comes with a bunch of profiles. Like you know, I used it the other day without knowing if it would work with a QuickTime, and I was able to play pause, forward, backwards. Okay. Um. So Keyspan makes a, a really nice line of uh, uh of remotes for people that don't have some of the newer machines. Got it. 
All right. So his second question was a quick one uh, it, and uh, about the uh, brightness and contrast on the iMac there. The this specs page for the iMac at Apple uh, slash or Apple dot com slash iMac slash specs dot HTML, which, of course, we'll link to uh, lists the brightness. And I believe, John, you said that the, the, the brightness is is measured in candelas per Candel- meter squared meter squared. OK, yes. So the brightness is 400 candelas per meter squared. And uh, the contrast is 700 to 1. Now, that's on the 24-inch iMac. Each one is different, but since uh, Justin had the 24-inch iMac, that's the one that I looked up. I looked up the problem about Yojimbo. I remembered seeing something in Bare Bones FAQ about that. It is typically that happens when you uninstall Yojimbo. So uh, the first thing I would try is simply uninstall Yojimbo and reinstall it, meaning drag it out, drag it a new copy in and run it. Uh, hopefully that will kind of trigger it into doing that. You may need to also remove the prefs files, but it looks like pieces of, as you surmised, Justin, pieces of the sync engine are missing. If that doesn't work, go to Barebones FAQ and there's a little place to uh, submit a question to them. They're, in my experience anyway, very good at, at responding to, to things like this. So that should... Uh, that should hopefully take care of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, I did it to myself. <laughs> you you want okay? Yeah, you want to go ahead and do you have Andrew's email right there in front of you, John? Uh, I can bring it up. Give me a second here. Okay, Andrew, and I think uh, Andrew's question here was, um, or not so, um, hey, guys, uh, any rechargeable battery, and in fact, any battery in electronics in general should be recycled both because of the metals and they can leach out and do bad things to the environment, uh, which I would agree with him on that. And basically, he's just telling us about a site here. We'll link to it. Uh, rechargeable Battery Recycled Corporation, uh, which I guess they basically keep track of places you can drop off batteries. You know, I've looked into this in the past, too. Yep. Is, um, bat- like, for example, my local, or I, I think, I, you know, I was at my parents and I looked through, you know, the regulations for what you should recycle and and not and yeah. a lot of places don't list batteries as nope. something that's a, a real problem now i just instinctually because i know what's in batteries and i've seen them leak and bleed and stuff i mean right. yeah how could you throw that you know just yeah. in the regular trash so um and i think apple um although they did have that recent report or greenpeace gave them the smackdown that's right. for whatever reason but i do believe they have some form of battery recycling program yep I, I plugged my zip code in on this rbrc.org site, yeah. and uh, and I got three places within five miles of me. One of them is a Radio Shack, so presumably most Radio Shacks would take these. But just go here, type in your zip code, and it'll tell you uh, exactly where to go and what to do. So that's uh, that's that. Thank you, Andrew, very kindly for sending that in. Another kind of sort of remote, well, not kind of sort of, another remote-related thing from uh, from Tim. Hey guys, this is uh, Tim from Deering, New Hampshire, fellow Mac geek, and um, I have a quick question for you. I'm trying to, what I'd like to be able to do is re- uh, control the volume of, uh, of my music playing over the Airport Express. So I've got a, uh, an iMac, one of the 20-inch uh, Intel iMacs, and um, you know, I use the remote to queue up iTunes and control everything. It works awesome, except that I can't control the volume. The little volume bar moves up and down, but, of course, it's not controlling anything. And I guess from what I can, I've can, i read so far, uh, it really will only control the volume in iTunes and playing on the Mac speakers is the way that seems to work. So 
as far as Airport Express is concerned, uh, it's not doing it. Although if you do move the volume control in iTunes, instead of using the remote control, you can't control the, the volume through Airport Express. So go figure. Uh, I'm hoping there's a utility or a workaround or something that can uh, fix that for me, allow me to use, use my remote control to change my volume. So uh, thanks so much. Love the show. Catch you later. Bye. All right. Uh so my my thought with this, John, was to use the aforementioned remote buddy and Rogue Amoeba's Airfoil, which is a piece of software that lets you sync up multiple airport expresses, but there's no reason that it wouldn't work with one. And from what I can see, Remote Buddy works with Airfoil. So there that might be the, the match made in heaven that Tim's looking for. Did did you find anything anything else? You said you mentioned that you might have some um, an idea. Well, I found something here. Keyspan has different flavors of their remote, and they have one okay. here called Express Remote, which plugs into the Airport Express and lets you control iTunes. So I don't know if that would do it. I don't know if that was quite what what he was trying to do. Was okay. it? Okay. I, I have actually tried this. I have one of these. I I, I want to actually plug it in and. Yeah. Uh, get a feel for this, but they claim you can plug it directly into the airport express ah. and control it from that point. Uh, is there a USB, a USB port? port? Oh, really? Yeah, because it's also, well, it's supposed to be a, a print share. Oh, right. Of course. Oh. Huh. So maybe that would do it for him. Oh, that's interesting. It sounds that's like a cool, cool toy. I mean, that's, that's the actual uh, one that I have right now. So yeah. uh, we'll link to those products. Huh. All right. So Lisa has, has one of these 30 gig, um, 5g iPods, right? And it's been working fine for her. She uses it in the car. She uses it everywhere. She's had it <laughs> since March of last year. So it's just past the 180-day free shipping period, right? Mm-hmm. We get on the airplane. And the way we did it on the plane this time was was we took uh, two aisles and two middles uh, directly across from each other. We put the kids in the middles. Lisa and I were on the aisles, and there were some people in the, yeah. uh, in the windows. Yeah, poor schmucks at the... Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the kids are fine on the plane. We flew JetBlue, right? So they, you got mm-hmm. the TVs. It's just you plug in and forget it. But Skylar, my daughter and I actually watched uh, The Princess Bride on the on the way down, which was awesome. Uh, yeah. Excellent yeah. film. Oh, yeah. It was great. So anyway, I'm, I'm there watching The Princess Bride. I'm all chilled out, and Lisa taps me on the shoulder. It's like, uh, yeah. And she shows me her iPod, and on, on the screen, it says... Plug into iTunes to restore. Now, this is the first time that we have not traveled with a laptop in forever. I've I've never not traveled with a laptop for this period of time. You know, we're going away for a week. It's our flight out, right? Flight down to Florida to to catch the boat. And her her iPod says this, and I'm thinking, oh, man. So I do the reset things and all the stuff I know to do. It's nothing. You know, this thing's not. And I could tell the drive. I couldn't hear it because, of course, there was a noise of the plane and everything. But I could just tell the drive wasn't kicking up. Oh, man. And uh, so we got there and we, we flew down the night before the boat left and, and stayed uh, in a hotel just to curb any, you know, travel. If any flights were late, we would have been freaked out. So we, we stayed overnight. It was fine. And we got into the hotel. I said, wait a minute, hand me your iPod. And she gave it to me. I hit the button. Fired up just fine. It would, and it worked throughout the trip, although we actually didn't use them much. But on the plane on the way home, tried it again, wouldn't work. So it will not work at altitude. Clearly something wrong with the drive, and I'm going to send it in for uh, for warranty service. But I uh, thought that was very interesting ah. to see. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that something? Though, I mean, it's pressurized. I mean, it shouldn't be too different. I, my guess is it, her drive's always been a little bit, 
I guess flaky is the right word. It's just been a little bit suspect. She's had to restore it once or twice since she got it, which is more than you should have to. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, it just may have been sensitive to the, the pressure change, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I never heard of that. Yeah. So, and uh, and I'm getting an IM from my wife. I usually don't talk about this kind of stuff, but uh, I, I, <laughs> I did want to mention this thing. Lisa's IMing me because JetBlue called. We flew back on Saturday and, and got four out of five of our bags. And uh, or that means one was missing. One's missing, and uh, and apparently this phone call from JetBlue was didn't didn't change that status. It's still missing. I don't know why why they bothered to call, but anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, it, I always see the barcodes on the luggage, so I asked him. I said, "Well, just tell me where it was last scanned, and let's figure this out." And they're like, "Oh, well, that's that barcode. That really is only for." the uh, departing city we don't scan bags routinely anywhere it's not like a tracking number on a fedex package right it just it doesn't mean anything so once the bag is in their system it's never scanned uh. again they look they're they're vi- looking visibly at the at the tag to see you know what airport that's supposed to go to yeah. Nice. Nice. Huh? So yeah. If they look at a bag and then maybe look a little later and it kind of looks the same oh yeah yeah, yeah, there you go. But it's That's been, why that happens. It's huh. been it's been two and a half days, man. I don't expect to see this suitcase again. Trust me. Uh, I yeah. think it's I think it's 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 dead to us. The worst part was that uh, we bought duty free a, a bottle of uh, Patron Silver tequila mm. while we were while we were on the boat. We we actually went to a tequila tasting one afternoon, which was great. I learned a ton about tequila, believe it or not. Um, but, uh, and so we bought a bottle of that for, you know, like 50 bucks and normally it's like 120 or whatever, but, uh, that's okay. Nice. Jet, Jet Blue will be replacing it for us. Thank goodness we didn't lose the suitcase that had the bottle of Tortuga rum in it because you can't buy that in New Hampshire. Some of you uh-huh. can buy it in the States. It's available in, in, I think about 20 States. So, uh, so if anybody wants to buy some and, you know, get it to me, that'd be great. But, uh, but we did get our one bottle yeah. that we bought our, uh, our banana rum. But uh, but there you go. Well, it sounds like the party is at your place this weekend. Yeah, well, if 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 the tequila shows up, then uh, then I think All I right. think that might be All right. right. We'll All put right. out a special podcast just for two oh six 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 geek. If you know yeah. where I can get uh, Tortuga rum, or you've seen my suitcase, or you know if you have comments <laughs> for the show, that that'll help too. Uh, All right. So many of you emailed in, but James was the first to. Uh, send in an audio comment about my uh, my plea on my wish list last week, which, of course, was right mm-hmm. under my nose the whole time. Hello, John and Dave. This is James again, also commenting again on podcast number 80. Uh, Dave, you were just asking about nicknames in iChat. I believe your beloved application, Chax, also allows you to do something like this. Uh, I don't know for sure. I haven't set it up yet myself, but now, now that you mentioned it, I kind of want to do it myself. But I believe you can set up a custom field in address book, call it uh, nickname, and then I believe Chax has a way of you know pulling your address book and saying, you know, do they have a nickname? If yes, use the nickname. If not, you know, don't. I think there's a way to do it. I'm uh, I'm pretty sure it's in Chax. You don't have to do anything extra. Just install Chax and it should be right there. Um, again, haven't had a chance to really play with it, so I could always call you back. That you can, uh, but you don't have to because I figured it out. You're absolutely right. Chax allows iChat to show nicknames in the buddy list. The way you get nicknames in there is you go to the address book, you go to preferences, you go to the template, 
and add field. And, and then you add the nickname field to the template. Uh, there is another way to do this per address entry, but, but this gets it in all of them. And then every, uh, every single one now will have the, uh, the, the nickname there. And then you just edit the, uh, the template and type in the nickname you want and go into checks and tell it to display nicknames and boom, there you go. So thank you everyone who alerted me to the presence of that. That was like a wish come true. Right? Sorry. Well, <laughs> I've, been, uh, I've been on a Disney ship all week, you see. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That was, uh, that was how they, that was how uh, uh, Julie, every time she came, not Julie, you know, from the love boat, but it was our cruise director. Every time she had an announcement to make that we heard that when you wish upon a star and then, and then Julie would talk, but her name wasn't Julie. But you, you know. Yeah, that I mean. must have gotten aggravating after a while. No, it wasn't. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. It, it, it was it's like, it, have you ever been at Disney? It's a small world. That that got that gets old. That is haunting. (laughs) Yeah, you know the cruise wasn't haunting. The cruise was. Did you? And I know that I know that this is by design, of course. But did you ever play that game, Starship Titanic, Douglas Adams game? A bit. Okay. All the rooms and elevators and everything reminded me of this Starship Titanic. Of course, because. I mean, you know, they were both modeled after the you know this cruise ship of old, but. but, you know, it was just that whole nautical flair. It was beautiful. Uh, great. But not overdone. M- Mickey was subtly everywhere. But, uh, <laughs> but, 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 in a, but mostly in a nice way. And even when the characters came out and interacted with the kids, I mean, it was, it was awesome. I had my picture taken with, we went to a tea party. We went to the Mad Hatter's tea party. And uh-huh. uh, it was great. You know, we, did the, we celebrated <laughs> our unbirthdays and we, we did the whole deal. So, all right. I have a question that I don't know the answer to, but, uh, well, I kind of do, actually. Uh, uh, We'll see. Hey, John and Dave. This is Lee from Atlanta. I had a question about um, monitor performance, and I knew you would be the guys to ask. I love the show. Um, (laughs) But basically what I've got is I've got a um, computer at work, a Mac G4 uh, dual 1.25 gigahertz, and... uh, running two CRT monitors, 19-inch, and uh, just wondering if if uh, upgrading that to, like, a, a single LCD monitor, maybe, like, a 23-inch or something like that, I was just wondering if, if running one monitor will actually help uh, performance at all, do a lot of video editing and uh, things like that. So um, any, any uh, performance increase is greatly appreciated. So I was wondering that, and I was also wondering, like on my uh, iBook at home, uh, my G4, if uh, if I hook up a second monitor, whether I mirror the display or if I use the uh, the extra software to, to span the desktop onto the second display, I was wondering how that affects the performance. So if uh, you guys could help me out or point me to a show where you've already covered that, I'd appreciate it. My email address is is not Ooh. to be displayed on the show or not to be read on the show. Um, okay, huh. my my feelings on this are totally subjective. I've never done any testing on this, but I've been using a PowerBook or a, you know now a MacBook Pro with uh, an external display for a while. It was a 20-inch SGI display, which was great. And then uh, for the last number of years, it's been a 23-inch Apple Cinema display, the older version. My feeling is that, yeah, that the video on the, the machine definitely slows down more so with the older machines of course than than the macbook pro but 
it it certainly feels snappier when I'm just on the MacBook Pro or the or the PowerBooks without it being connected to the display. It is more for the machine to manage, of course, uh, to have you know the the multiple uh, options. I don't think it's so much that it's multiple. It's just that it's more real estate, uh, more pixels for it to 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 manage, and I think that does in mm. some way slow it down. I, I hope I'm hoping that someone out there has some hard and fast knowledge about why this is or isn't. And, and maybe it's simply a, you know, an illusion to me, but it, it seems to make sense that the more real estate you have to manage the, the slower it's going to get. So again, using my own very subjective uh, opinions on this mirroring should be faster than, than dual display. Your thoughts, John? Yeah, I would say, um, a lot of it would, would fall into, and this is where I know in the past, though I think it's getting better, um, you know, when you start getting up into the resolutions and the color depths that start taxing the card and start taking up, you know, larger amounts of uh, video RAM, you know, that almost yeah. is getting bigger and bigger, it just has to do more work. Um, yeah. So I guess one thing, I mean, you know, if, if uh, beforehand, I mean, there are choices on all the Macs that I've seen within the last several years, or you could even go beyond that. Um, I still think that the choices are limited as far as just taking something off the shelf. But it looks like right now, especially, you know, with the Intel architecture, I, you know, talked to some guys at ATI and they were just saying in general, it'll be making their job easier to, to have the cards, uh, you know, have parity between the two platforms because now they don't have to roll a special Mac version because more of the stuff is the same. Uh, right. So, right. Um, you know, I, I mean, I guess, you know, before the fact, uh, you know, just get as much video card as you can. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right, we will let, uh, I wasn't sure if we were going to play this one or not, but it seems we're burning through time. I, I bet this show's going to be a short one. I, you know, I always say that, don't I? Uh, and we'll see, what, <laughs> we'll see what happens after we listen to what Dylan has to say. Hey, Dave and John, this is Dylan in Seattle, and I'm having a somewhat irritating problem with my first-generation Core Duo Intel iMac. Whenever I leave the iMac on for more than a few moments, and the screensaver comes up, it, there always seems to be a kernel panic message on the screensaver. So every time it goes into the screensaver, it kernel panics. I tried disabling the screensaver itself, then it just started kernel panicking right before it went to sleep. I, I would really appreciate it if you could help me on this because it's getting a little old to have to restart the iMac every time I leave for a few minutes. My email. All right. Uh, yeah, that's a perfectly normal behavior. There's <laughs> nothing, nothing to see here. No, that's that's very bad. Wow. Um, without I had knowing, one thought until he went on, but uh, I've seen this in the past that you can get bad screensaver modules, especially third party. Yeah, I, I, I remember it happened to me once. Is is that it, it was one that I downloaded off the web, and every time it would explode when I changed the screensaver. Yep. The only reason I'm thinking that's not is because he said it didn't happen. Right. And he didn't have a script, though maybe, so, uh, who, who knows? I don't yeah, know it could be. corrupted, but just I used a to, little pre-tip there. I used to see it on Windows machines with the uh, the 3D screensavers when those were first introduced into Windows 98. Uh, that would, you know, people would say, oh, I leave it on screensaver for a while, and then it's horrible, and it crashes. It's like, well, change the screensaver to, you know, something more simple, and then that solved it. Maybe a video card thing or whatever with with that, but I don't think that this is is the same issue. It, 
you know, it's it's weird. One makes me think, like you said, something in software that's that's just not quite right. The other, where it says it's cra- where he says it's crashing before it goes to sleep. That you know, it's it's almost like two totally different things, but clearly not, or or maybe you know, probably not. Um, my thought would be either a problem on the hard drive, right, or it's got hitting a bad sector or something with with virtual memory, or mm. it's uh, bad RAM or you know a bad uh, bad maybe power management unit. Maybe maybe the PMU is corrupted. I don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb here. This one's really go. reaching, but um... <laughs> you're bouncing, man. Go energy saver. Uh, oh, energy yeah. saver control panel. Yeah. There's a put display to sleep, and I'm wondering if he's uh... – oh. now, this is something you should always think about. Again, I'm going out on a limb here because – anyways, okay. I'm just wondering if he's added a uh... – uh, was this portable or desktop? I'm sorry. I, I it was an iMac. That. It was a, an uh, Intel okay. iMac. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just wondering if no, okay. you you uh, may be kinda, right because it, 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 from what he said, display to sleep. It, I don't know if it wasn't clear, but but it sounded like the screensaver came on, and then after a period of time, it it crashed. So maybe the exact same crash is happening, and it's crashing as it's trying to put either the display or the hard drive or the entire computer to sleep, uh, which would which would be you know by turning those things off in the energy saver that may give you an idea as to to where the problem is but mm. i you know I, I would reset power management on the machine for sure and you can do that uh, you're gonna have to search the apple knowledge base we'll put a link to to resetting it i i don't remember the the steps on the apple imac there every machine's different and i just can't remember all of them a little different it may um yeah. i actually had to do this uh open firmware i was yeah, just gonna say you go to open, open firmware, firmware i think it's reset all but we'll, we'll listen to a, a procedure for that because I actually ran across that in in search of solving one of my own little problems, which maybe we could mention. Go ahead. Well, I I, I was telling you about this before the show, but I've had the weirdest thing happen with uh, two of my machines at home. Yep. They no longer play movie DVDs. This could be a geek challenge, maybe. Oh, well, we have have a geek challenge. Are we going to have two geek challenges? Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? um, Go ahead. All of a sudden now, both my computers at home, when I put in a DVD, movie DVD only. Wait, both your computers? Yeah, that's why I think software, because the G5 really? is much newer, of course. That's oh, why you didn't tell me it was both update. your computers. Oh, that's oh. weird. Yeah, um, so that's why I was thinking software. The problem is that the... the okay, so t- tell have, them what uh, the problem is, because you, you glossed over I put that. In, yeah. I put in a movie DVD, I hear the DVDs go, rant, 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 yeah. and then say, unable to mount this disc, ejector, ignore. I'm like, huh? Okay, and normally if you, and, what it did, and, tell them, and I've played DVDs yeah. on both of these computers, and normally okay. it starts up DVD player. And you've tried multiple discs. It's, it's not just one disc that's oh, giving yeah. you oh, problems. Yeah. Okay, now I tried like four or five, and they work fine in my PlayStation, which is my DVD player. Okay, okay. Now you um, you, you said one other interesting thing. If you choose ignore at that point and don't eject the disc, and then run VLC player, the DVDs yeah. play, correct? Yeah, I'll okay. start VLC, say play DVD, and it's oh, that's like weird, oh, man. Okay. It's that, almost like maybe, and, and you suggested to me maybe for whatever reason, I thought it was a recent software update, which maybe it is. I don't yeah. know. Or just a weird combination of prep paints or startup things I have. So yeah. I'll have to try a few things. We, we won't take up too much time because it was kind of a, a, a unsolicited right. challenge here. But has anybody else run into their DVDs all of a sudden not playing? Because both machines used to do it. Now they have, don't. Have you gone to CD and DVDs in um, 
in system preferences and you know say what when you insert a video DVD, what's that set to? Uh, I believe it's set to DVD player. Uh, what, yeah, I wonder what CD, happens. At, CDs and DVDs. Yeah. Uh, when you insert a video DVD, open DVD player. All yep. right. What if you set it to ignore? I wonder if it'll if it's actually just a problem with DVD player. Weird that it's it's having the same problem on two yeah, machines. Yeah, I'll try that. But uh, yeah. anybody else had this problem? Uh, let us know. Um, in the meantime, so that was kind of Geek Challenge Zero. <laughs> now we're going to do Geek Challenge One. We'll do. <laughs> I'm, I'm I will. I will geek. stop quick here and and on on that. Bleh. Wow, I can't speak Whoa. this evening. Oh, okay. a week off wasn't necessarily good for podcasting. Uh, to reset the SMC, the system management controller on the iMac, you force quit. Let's see. Uh, you shut down the machine from the Apple menu, shut down, uh, wait at least 15 seconds with everything unplugged from the computer, then plug the power cord back in, making sure the power button is not being pressed, then reconnect the keyboard and mouse and then press the keyboard, press the power button to start it back up. So it's pretty much yank everything out, yank the power cord. And, uh, there you go. So. I guess that's okay. I guess that's that. We'll we'll link to to this in the in the show notes. And now we're mm-hmm. on to Chad with a very interesting query. Mm. Hi guys, this is Chad Lawson from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I called in a few weeks ago uh, looking for a VPN solution for my family so oh, I could yeah. administer multiple machines. You'd right. recommended the DTWRT for Linksys, yeah. and that worked beautifully. Thank you very much. I was able to. Did that a couple days before Thanksgiving, install it on Thanksgiving, and I've already managed to ward off one problem by being able to access it remotely instead of having to talk them through it. So I'm hoping you can help me with my next problem. Geeks Unite! Uh, I have my regular user account on my PowerBook, and for the most part, I do everything off of that. Occasionally, though, I log into a different account, primarily if I'm doing more work-related stuff than personal, and I just want to have a... Uh, clean login that doesn't have any of my own presets. Um, no, there's mm-hmm. nothing inappropriate or anything like that. It's oh, just I want to have mm-hmm. a clean desktop, clean set of pre- yeah. presets, dock, and everything, and just want to have a good configure. The problem comes when I want to be able to access off of my other account. Uh, obviously, I have to deal with regular file permissions and the like, but what I would like to be able to do is to connect to my own machine um, and essentially authenticate at it at like the AFP level at for Apple File, uh, similar to what I can do if I'm sitting in my network. I just connect up to the other machine, type in a username and password, and it can be any username and password as long as it's valid on the other machine, mount its home directory, and go from there. I'd like to be able to do the same thing to the machine I'm already sitting on and just connect up and say, now I want my personal account and password and get at the files that way. Anytime I try to do it, I get the dialog box, this connection failed, this file server is already running on your machine, please access files, volumes and files locally. It'd be great, but I'm running into permission problems, and I don't want to set a whole bunch of permissions just to get at a couple of files. I just want to be able to log in and go. If you have any thoughts on other ways I can do it, I've tried AFP, I've tried FTP, which of course is useless. Um, Anything you can come up with, any I've tried all sorts of different methods of AFP, whether to type in as localhost, to type in by its DNS name, anything. Anything you guys have would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. Bye. You know, I, I didn't have an answer for this, and I still don't have a perfect answer. But uh-huh. one thing that comes to mind, I remember years ago I was writing an article for Mac Addict, and I actually believe 
tomorrow or so at some point this week, another article I wrote for Mac Addict hits the newsstand. So it's the cover story, feature story. So uh, wow. check it out. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I, I remember stumbling onto a utility called Pseudo by Brian Hill. Now, this was years ago. I don't know if anything like this exists, but basically, and it, actually, this utility may just work just fine. All it did was if you took an application and dragged it onto Pseudo, so an application onto Pseudo, uh, it would launch it as root. So, and you'd have to authenticate, you know, you'd type in your password or whatever, but it would launch it with, as a privileged user. What you could do is you could launch the finder this way, or you could launch word this way. And then that would give you access to those files uh, because you're root. And now you can see all over the machine. So that may be one option, but it's not, that's not clean that, you know, you're, you're running an he, app as root. You're not supposed to it, do that. So, but I want to clear, is he trying to log into the own, he's trying to log into the machine as he, a different user he, via a file sharing. Like yeah, he just, he just wants to connect to his, another user on the same machine. He wants to connect to another user's home directory. Yeah. Right, and have it serve like a like an Apple Talk or yeah. a, a FTP server. And if you try to if you try to do this, it'll tell you. And he, you know, he was right. Uh, it, the it'll say connection failed. This file server that you're trying to connect to is running on your own machine. Please connect to these files locally. And in fact, that's not what he wants to do. He wants to mount, you know, or somehow access it with the privileges required to access this other user's home directory simply to to get it word files now there is the possibility of using the shared folder right if if you go to uh, slash users slash shared or or hard drive root slash users slash shared uh, you could put files there but again that that's also not a clean solution you've got to kind of think ahead of time about what you want to put there and then you need you still need to set privileges i've put things in shared and not been able to to write to them with another user or whatever so uh, so yeah, it's an interesting, uh, totally yeah. valid, you know, to totally valid thing, but, but, but no obvious answer there. So no, I think there's third party stuff. I'm going to talk. I'm sure there I is. I believe I've seen in the past some utility that'll set up a, an additional file server, but uh, I'm going to uh, have to poke around. Would, would SharePoints do this? Remember that <sighs> SharePoints? I know it's, I know that's used for different stuff, but that may I don't know. If I was thinking more. This. There was a product out there that would be uh, that that would you know offer multiple FTP servers under multiple users on the machine. I think that's okay. Uh, that'll quite do it. But anyways, yeah. If uh, if anybody was listening, yeah. You know, I was I was listening. To figure this out. I was listening the other day and I heard this. Dave, you got to help me, mate. I got caught. What do I do now? <laughs> what do I do, Dave? I got caught. Adam in Southern California, who's now caught. <laughs> You're not supposed to get caught, man. That's the whole thing. If that, if oh, we Southern, he's in Southern California. I don't know if that's a really bad place to get caught. Yeah, I think I think what he's truth. saying he's in Humboldt County is what he's saying. Uh, <sighs> you can't get caught. That's the whole thing. Of all the advice we give you every week, there's one piece of advice that we give you time and time again. Don't get caught. That's what you got to do. The, it, we need some more detail. Some things. No, 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 no. You, there is no more detail to be had. But sometimes you can get uncaught. You can uncaught yourself. Yes, that's right. It, uh, many times it uh, requires soliciting the services of an attorney or attorneying the services <laughs> of a solicitor if you're in England. Right? No, sorry. It's the other way around. Uh, uh, all right. Well, what's uh, next? I, I got nothing. I'm out.
That's it. I told you that. I told you this show is uh, this show's a short one, as, as it should be. I, I just came back from yeah. vacation. I got to. Uh, I, I gotta, you know, I gotta ease gotta back into this here. Yeah. yeah. Gently, you can. Are you gonna take the uh, the red pill or the uh, blue pill? Oh, I take them both. <laughs> it, it mellows me out. Always yeah, me take, too. always take both. But, but don't get caught. Yeah. Okay. Hey, so, so next map. week, you know, I yeah. was at a place uh, on the Frapper map. Uh, I'm gonna say hi to Austin. He had a cool party while you were gone. Um, Who's a lot this? of uh, people at the uh, uh, co-worker who uh, oh, okay. listens every now and then. He had hey. a really nice bash at his place. Oh, did, uh, did he join the Frapper map? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on there. He's oh, on there. sweet. Oh, hey, man. Thanks for joining the Frapper map. Uh, you too can join the Frapper map. There's a link in the show notes. Every show notes we've got, there's a link. I don't know why I keep yes, putting it is. there, but I keep putting it there, so there it is. Uh mm-hmm. You uh, you can play nation states with us. I put it on vacation mode while I was gone. Lisa didn't. She came back with like twelve uh, issues or something. Yeah, you know. So. Oh well. Yeah. She uh, didn't get kicked though. No, you got like twenty something days before they'll kick you. It's you mm. know. I just I just didn't want to come back to a big pile of anything. I I was yeah. I worked so hard before I left and I was successful. I yeah. delegated all. I we, I became the master delegator for the last like three days before uh-huh. I left, and I actually learned a lot about about. How how much more I can delegate than I already do, and I did. I just I organized things and said, "You do this, you do that, you do this." I went away for a week. I came back and there was like one little minor fire burning. It was like almost well, as though I'm not. That's why you're the big. You're the big cheese. Yeah, I'm man. not. I'm not needed. That's why you make the big money. Yeah, well, I need it, man. Those cruises aren't cheap. No, they're not. No, I highly recommend them, though. Uh, highly, I can't speak. I, I I'm, you you hear the excitement in my voice. I, I can't speak highly enough about it. Uh, so, but I did get back today, and uh, and three shiny new iPods had appeared from Apple while I was gone. So we've oh, got a great. We've got a shuffle, a nano, One, and one's coming down here. <laughs> I, I'm sure I it is. Uh, we've got a shuffle, <laughs> a nano, and then the you know five and a half G or whatever we're calling this uh, the the other ones. So I'm going to oh, take a yeah. look at them this week, and we'll uh, we'll talk about at least one, if not all three of them, uh, on next week's show. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll check it out. I I really want to check out the shuffle. That's uh, that's a cool one. Cool. Yeah. It looks cool. The clip-on thing. I've yeah. seen some of the ads too. They yeah. look pretty cool. You know, I gotta recommend recommend something else. Yeah. A Forty-inch LCD Samsung TV. <laughs> well, That's... I told you I got the TiVo series too, so of course yeah. I also had to get the TV and the digital cable. And boy, I love HD TV. Isn't it nice? Now I can't go back. No, there's so, no, uh, there's no going back. Yeah. Once you get that, big... I'm hooked. Oh yeah. You convinced me. Oh yeah. Well, you came up here. You saw the plasma. You had to do it. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Cashfly hosting, of course, is where you downloaded this from. And the podcast marketplace this month includes the 6i isolator earphones from Edemotic, the A5 desktop speakers from Audio Engine, and TeachMac from TeachMac.com. Sponsor the show with the Backbeat Media Podcast Network. Uh, we still have a couple of tickets, extra tickets for our Cirque de Mac party. Uh, really? On, yeah, at the Red Devil Lounge. Those of you, there, there are a couple of you that have emailed me. You haven't gotten a response from me. I know that I have your names in in the list. I, I'm, I, I think I can, I think I can accommodate everyone that I've heard from so far, and and yeah. a few more. So uh, please do feel free to uh, to hunt me down on that because it's uh, it, it's a it's a fun time. So. And or I, write your request on the back of a twenty. Do- no, I'm yeah. sorry, I stole that from Car Talk, but it's just so funny. <laughs> but when we're doing gigs, I, we always people come up and say, "Oh, do you take requests?" Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We take them on those these, these pieces of paper that have the twenties in four <laughs> corners. You just write them on the on the middle of that and uh, hand nice. them in. We'll, we'll take them. That's right. We won't necessarily do the request, but we'll happily take the request. You'll take them. That's Good. right. Um, 
I am doing that Windows on a Mac session the day before our party, so that's January 9th at 1.30 p.m. somewhere at the Moscone Center. And I think between now and uh, and the end of the month, we'll we'll do a little Windows on Mac thing so that uh, so that I can run through my presentation and you can critique me. I'm not actually going to do the whole presentation, but you can uh, you can help walk me through this, John, and and, and maybe mm-hmm. you know we'll do that. So that'll be one show between now and then. The iPods will be another one, and then it's you know like Merry Christmas and all of that good stuff. Happy New Year, haha. Happy Mac holidays, whatever whatever, whatever you celebrate. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then MacWorld. And then MacWorld. That's right. <sighs> awesome. Yeah. You got anything else, man? I'm done, man. I'm right, out good. of here. That's good. Yeah, we're, we're out of here. Uh, iTunes comments. We do have more Gmail invites, so uh, feel free to send those in. 206-666-GEEK or 206-666. What is four, it? 4335. 4335. That's right. right. MacGeekGab.com. Skype your voicemail to MacGeekGab. Oh, I got to check that. I haven't checked that yet. Oh. There might be a lot there. And John, if there was just one piece of advice we could give them every week, what would that be? Um, don't get caught. Made up.